This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is how we do it. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy August 28th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the -the behind-the-scenes BYU football insider and expert, Jerem Jordan. So at practice, you know, uh, guys get mic'd up sometimes, and BYU football gave us a taste of what it's like to be Kairos Tonga. I'm telling you, this guy is so nice. Like, I almost can't stand how nice he is. So here's a taste of Kairos Tonga at practice. You're a heavy man. You're a heavy man. You're a heavy man. It's, uh, you know, Talmadge Gunther, who's probably like 185 pounds, uh, which is, you know, half of what Kairos is. I kid, Kairos is a little less than that. But uh, he's just so nice. He's so nice. Kairos is looking great. He's easy to root for uh, as a guy that you see with potential pro prospects in his future, right? Like, you, yeah. you just want him to have an outstanding season in 2020 so that he can really make a jump into the NFL spotlight. He used to essentially be homeless. He, he was a, adopted, like, in high school. If you haven't watched the Deep Blue, you need to. Uh, pretty cool story for Kyra. So excited for him to be playing this year. He's back at BYU and uh, didn't go pro. And hopefully he has a great year and gets drafted. Yes, Kairos, if you want to stay another year, too. That's by, right! By all means. No, he, he go. <laughs> he We're not sure all of the teams that Kairos, Tonga, and BYU football are going to play against, but we are zeroing in on BYU's final schedule for 2020, and we're going to take a look in today's show lineup at who is available on which dates in which conferences and tell you who BYU should go with. Plus, if you had one option, who would you take? Tyler- Alabama. <laughs> are, not enough. are they available? No. They're not available. No. Tyler Algier is making a case to be the BYU number one running back, along with Lopini Katoa, my one-on-one with him, plus the best to wear number 99, Today's our the last finale. Day. Today is the last day, although our research team was like, someone wore 127. We're like, what? And then they said the other day, yeah, we don't think that it's actually the case. It's like, I could have told you that. Some bot got in there and messed up the code. One number 127. Seven. Plus, uh, is Taysom Hill not one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL? Which list did not include Taysom Hill? Oh, no. As a top-tier backup quarterback. Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. BYU football, one day closer to a season-opening matchup at Navy on September 7th on ESPN. Wide receivers coach Fessy Satake, when asked about it, says the team is prioritizing competition while acknowledging and understanding social issues. I echo what Troy said about the focus being on Navy, but I also think there's a message that you can you can be focused on a task at hand and still honor and respect, you know, some things that are going on right now. Later in the program, we'll address the wide receivers, who's the go-to guy potentially, and some of the depth. There's, what, 17 guys listed, I think, maybe 14. We'll tell you the top seven right now. Troy Warner says that BYU football players are being tested for COVID-19 three times a week and added athletes obviously are doing everything they can to maximize playing a full season. We've already begin, uh, begun testing. Uh, we, we test about three times a week and uh, 
uh, we're, we, we've been doing we've been real diligent about it and and uh, just trying to do our part in, in staying healthy for the season. Uh, we're very very lucky to be playing this year, and obviously we don't do anything that jeopardizes that season. Just get to game number one, please. Start the season. Yeah, and we're we're close. Uh, in fact, how many days away again? Countdown to Navy. I have, days away. I have to ignore Ben's voice there and just hear the music and go, okay, when, when is it? Hear the beat. Dude, last night I, I posted this. I was like, I didn't think we'd get to this point at one point during the summer, right? We didn't think we made We're 10 days away, dude. It's very exciting. Wild. Patrick Fishburne continues to play at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship in Newburgh, Indiana, currently tied for 76, one over par. Shot a 72 in the first round, second round underway. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Who's available? When can BYU play him? I believe the moniker was any team, anytime, anywhere. Fresno State. (laughs) Throwing it back to Pat Hill. Pat Hill said that. No relation to taste. Okay, BYU and Independence, to a degree, has kind of taken that moniker on. Oh, yeah, too much. So That ideal, right? <laughs> yes, much to Jerem's chagrin based on tough schedules By the in way, the recent past. Football Scoop put out an article this morning saying, yeah, many fans thought the schedule was too good. And I was like, fans, you say? Fans. <laughs> I feel like I'm the poster boy of that. We're trying to figure out who BYU could even possibly add to the already official eight games the Cougars have added including the most recent with Texas State uh, and UT San Antonio. So, by date, Jerem, and available opponent let's go. on the BYU schedule, let's break this down, starting with September 12th, week two. Okay, so we have who we know is available, and we're going to declare who we want. We, you, you brought it up first, and I agree. Don't play. Don't play, Don't play. on September 12th. Boston College and Virginia Open. Bronco Mendenhall said he doesn't plan on replacing the FCS game they lost, which is VMI. Uh, Boston College doesn't have a non-conference game out of the ACC. Cincinnati is available, but I say don't play this week because you don't want to go to Navy and to Army and have a third Central or Eastern time zone road game. No, then we're doing what BYU had been doing, which is loading it up up front. It's too tough. Granted, maybe it's one power five, but I would rather not play that week looking at the whole season. Yeah, there are a bunch of available teams, including UCF. Yep. And then you get into Conference USA and the Sun Belt, Florida Atlantic, Marshall, Middle Tennessee, North Texas. BYU is not short on options in sept- on September 12th, but do you really want to play Navy and Army 12 days apart and try and... And a short week, by the way, after Navy, a Monday on the East exactly. Coast, coming back Tuesday morning. You want to try and fit Tough. another road game in between there? Now, if BYU were... Scheduled to play a home game on September 12th, that would be a little Against bit different. Against a cupcake. Sure. That'd be a little bit different. But it has to be like a, we could play our threes and win this game. Sure. And Does I, North Alabama want to play on September 12th? Great. Like if they did, great. Yeah. But I, I yeah, don't play. Don't I just play. think it's too much. And some people say, well, why not just stay on the East Coast? Just keep BYU on the East Coast. You know how expensive that gets? Yeah. And luckily, everyone has a ton of money and no one lost a ton of money the last six months. Oh, wait, everyone has. Yeah, no, and, there's not, that's not a thing. And you look at a Power 5 opponent, potentially Boston College, and say, well, don't they pay BYU to play? They don't have money this year. Everybody's losing money. Everybody's Everyone's losing money. looking for a Iowa deal. just cut some Olympic sports. Iowa. They're in the Big Ten. Pretty wild. Okay, so there are a bunch of options, but we agree. Don't play. Consensus, don't play Bye on week. September 12th. Okay, now to uh, 
the first weekend in October, and this is typically a Friday night game for BYU, so it would be October 2nd, but they could play on Saturday, October 3rd. Not as many options available here. Mm. Okay, let's talk. I say at Temple. Temple, fun one. Puns aplenty with BYU. Uh, there, there's Tulane. App State plays a Wednesday game the next week. So does Louisiana. Mm. So that'd be that'd be tough turnaround for them. I say Temple, which, by the way, I, w- I want to just mention this. This is uh, on, on Twitter. Bruce Feldman uh, says the Big Ten coaches are meeting to discuss the possibility of reversing course and playing in the fall. Whoa. Well, I don't know that the coaches are the decision makers there. It's the administration that made you know made those decisions. The commissioner with the presidents and whatnot, but. What if the Big Ten's like, hey, psych, we're actually going to play? I don't think they'd play. It would any, be conference only. They clearly. wouldn't play any non-con at this point. It right. feels a little late. Unless BYU's like, uh, well, actually, <laughs> we'll go to Minnesota at some point. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. We haven't heard, by the way, exactly, okay, is Minnesota returning or is BYU returning that game later? Right. Michigan State coming. We haven't heard those details quite yet. Yeah. I believe Minnesota is still planning on visiting Provo and playing at Lavelle Edwards Well, that, that one makes sense because right. it's in the future. What I mean is the at Minnesota game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're correct here again together, Jerem. Uh, we're correct? The, like right the, and wrong? We are correct. <laughs> the answer is Temple. Oh, okay. <laughs> the answer is Temple on October 3rd. On Sundays, the answer is always Temple. Or maybe on October 2nd. I know that BYU, like I said before, has typically on general conference weekend for this, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's like a Friday game. Maybe ESPN hops in and says, yeah, let's do it on Friday. Let's maximize the spotlight. Perhaps they do. Uh, although, yeah, yeah, I guess in October they do have conference play. With the other, so yeah, if it could be a Friday, obviously that's uh, in BYU's best interest. Right. Given but if it's on the road, general conference. But I'm not opposed to just playing in that. Like it, it is what it is. It's a business. It's a football game. Okay, I understand there are other interests that involved. If it's nice if you can avoid general conference. The rest of BYU's October is now lined up with yeah. home games. We're into November now. It is home game central in October at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU. But then the Cougars, you would think, because they have six home games already scheduled, everything else they schedule is probably going to be on the road. We'll see. I wouldn't mind having the seventh home game. I mean, that's that's a power play. Fantastic. Right. Okay, November 7th. This is where things get very interesting. Uh, There are some options available, not many. So I don't know that we're going to have much of a choice. UCF is the clear, is the clear big name right here. They're ranked 20th in the preseason poll, Jeremy. A lot of people are saying, yes. And that's with teams that can't play. Go to Orlando. When the adjusted polls come out after week one without Pac-12 and and Big Ten, guess what UCF is going to be? They're going to be like 13th. Go to Orlando, play a top tier team in November. Show the AAC what BYU is all about. I would love that game. But, Jerem, again, and I've said this on a uh, number of occasions, having spoken with Mark Daniels, the voice of UCF football recently, it just doesn't seem likely. Okay. It does at, not seem at, likely. At UAB, then. At UAB. At UAB. Could Go. that be a home game? Maybe. Um, just play UAB. I don't care where. Play them in uh, Dallas. I don't care. In the middle. Whatever. <laughs> play, play them in uh, Albuquerque. <laughs> just play. No, I'd, play UAB. Probably a road game. Okay, I would love UCF. Uh, if BYU's, yeah, totally. If BYU is going to play UAB, I would hope that the Cougars could pick up a seventh home game. I'd like to see UAB in Provo. Oh, man. TH for that power, that power play? Mm-hmm. Let's go, baby. Okay, on to November 14th. I say um, just have a bye week. Like, no one's available. <laughs> Hardly anyone's available. So, 
Um, there are some FCS opponents right. that BYU could no. play against, but you've already got North Alabama on the no. schedule. Take a breather. November. All good. Who knows where we're at with COVID and everything. Okay. Like, and at that point, Jerem, you wonder if anybody else is even going to want to play before a projected bowl season and conference championship game. Well, let's talk about that schedule. because the ACC and some other leagues, I think, are going into December. December 5th is the last week of the regular season for a lot of those teams. Then they will play that next week, which is awkward for Navy because they play Army. If Navy's in the AAC title game, they have to figure that out. I don't know if they've announced like a later date. But then, uh, yeah, who knows on bowl games? I wonder if a lot of bowl games might be off their original dates and maybe in early January or something. I'm not exactly sure. That'd be interesting because typically it's just a handful of teams that are playing in near six games that are dealing with, oh, we've crossed into – the new year, and for BYU, that's a new semester or a new term, right? So, I yeah, don't play. Don't play um, the 14th. Just have a bye. And how is this all going to work with students on campus? Because I know a lot of schools are emphasizing students go home once you get to Thanksgiving break and just stay home. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so know. There, there I, are a I, lot of I, things I, left to be figured out, obviously. I, I do love the uh, you know dog and pony show that is uh, presidents of universities uh, acting like that matters with the football season. That's very amusing to me. Um, There are millions of dollars for the university, some of which is in the athletic department, some of which is not, uh, that really matter. And I I think it's more of like, generally, did we have students on campus? Sweet. You think Notre Dame's not going to play at all if they don't have students on campus? They need the money. Everyone needs the money. Who's like, we don't need it. We're fine. No. BYU to the government stipend. (laughs) They said no to that. TV stations want the ratings for sure. Right. Money that comes along with it. Right. Agree to disagree on that. If you do, whatever. All good. But, yeah. Okay. November 28th. There's a few options. Two. Or one. one. Or one. Uh, Marshall. (laughs) We are Marshall. (laughs) That's why BYU should play Marshall on November 28th. Uh, We are Marshall. Uh, They are Marshall in this case. Uh, November 28th. Normally, this would be the regular season finale, Spence. I think BYU needs to consider December 5th, the next week. Really? Because if you want to get 12 games in, uh, then that's something you need to really is, consider, this is, right? This is a good point you if bring you, up. If you only did, well, hopefully most are. But if you only want 10, then don't worry about it. But if you want 12, look, App State, that's a really good team, by the way. Southern, uh, South Alabama, Georgia State, Georgia Southern. A, a lot of Sun Belt, right? Um, you have options. See, I like the idea of Appalachian State, but I'm thinking if I'm the App State athletic director and I'm in position to get into a New Year's Six game and I'm undefeated up to that point, why would I want to play BYU on December 5th and potentially mess that up? Because maybe you're in the Sun Belt and your strength schedule won't be what someone maybe in the AAC is with the, even one loss. And if you get that last second win against BYU, it really validates what you were trying to do. That would be my counter-argument to that. Yeah. And, and ESPN will go, yeah, yeah, we love this one. That's a, that's a juicy one. Let's use that. Okay, yeah. I, I, I would love that game in December. I, I think idea. BYU needs to consider going into December. And guess what? If you go in, if you go in two App State, weather's going to be decent, right? Might, might be bad, but it'll be way worse here. Here's the other thing. If a game gets canceled because of COVID or whatever right. reasons... Don't you need to leave December potentially open so that you can reschedule the game in December? I don't believe that BYU will reschedule any games. Here's why. I think that that, that is, will be a conference decision for its conference teams. I don't think BYU will flex into anything with that. I, perhaps they do. I could be completely wrong. I'm open to being wrong. 
Um, that's part of the deal here, being here. But I, I believe that BYU won't be rescheduling games this year generally. I think it'll be hard. You'd have to have that team has that same opening as well. Although you're saying, hey, if everyone leaves December 5th open. But I think a lot of, a lot of the conferences are uh, leaving that open. Maybe it's more Power 5. Um, so they're like delayed start and uh, we push back the season just a little bit as well. So uh, there's the eight games that we have on the schedule, right? At Navy, at Army, Troy. UTSA, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, North Alabama. There will be more road games in there. Just, there will be. It's not going to be these eight. BYU's not playing only two road games. Hey, right now, BYU has six home games in a row. <laughs> that's pretty nice, right? Your, your wife's probably happy about that. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> All wives involved with BYU athletics and football like, and you'll media. You'll be home? <laughs> yeah. Great. More, you won't be gone on the road as much. Uh, but with the six available weeks... We agree. Don't play September 12th. Play Temple on October 3rd, likely on the road in Philadelphia. Take on UAB wherever the first week of November. Probably road. Fit in another bye week there in November to rest. And then let's go Marshall Thundering Herd. We are Marshall against BYU uh, over Thanksgiving. And why not see if you can fit something into the first week of December? Yeah, consider it. Consider the Lilies and consider you December want 12 5th. games. That feels like you have to do that. Okay, let's go to Voice of the Nation now. Time to hear from you. If you could only add one more team to the BYU football schedule, who would it be and why? What say ye? This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Mark Stringham on Instagram. UCF. Looks like all of the P5s are unavailable, and UCF is the next best thing, or Cincinnati, so Jerem can be happy. Hashtag BYUSN. Cincinnati, I think, it's, is largely over. over. You know what? The dream, the dream is dead. Unless BYU wants to play on September 12th, which I don't think they do. Yeah, I dreamed a dream of years gone by, and that dream was that BYU would play Cincinnati. And unfortunately, that's not a possibility. That's all right. Listen, I just want a few more games on this, two to four. I don't care if it's UCF. I don't care if it's Cincy at this point. Just get a couple more. That'd be nice. App State would be tough. Upstate would be tough. That'd be a fun one, though. Mm. First-year head coach. Coming up, it's final day of the best to wear it, number 99. Can you believe it? And one of the running backs competing for that number one running back y'all spot, Tyler Algier, goes one-on-one. BYU Sports Nation All-Access. Is he ready for the additional spotlight? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Tuesday for the season debut of BYU football with Kalani Sataki. We get you ready for Navy with the coach, Greg Rebell. Matt Bushman will be the player guest, conversation with Isaiah Kapusi, and a deep blue featuring Zach Wilson. Don't tell me it isn't loaded. Mm. Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV. We are live on a Friday. This is how we do it in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Yesterday, uh, I had the opportunity to speak with Tyler Algier, but before we get to that one-on-one interview, Jerem. We missed a game that yes. is a possibility. So October 3rd, Louisiana Tech is open. I think that's an interesting one. October 3rd, maybe the second we talked about. We said, like, at Temple, probably a possibility. But one of those, I'd be happy with either of those games. So after further review yes. of Louisiana Tech's schedule, yes. they were scheduled to play UNLV, but that was postponed. Mm-hmm. And they Thus, have 11 games. Yes. They have an opening with an opening with BYU. So that is a possibility. Right, but does that mean BYU can't play Temple on October 3rd? You wonder if it's... it's It'd be either or. Yeah, 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 interesting. Okay, so Louisiana Tech is available, and they're a good team. I, I, La Tech, Gary Croton was head coach there. Bronco Mendenhall was the secondary coach there, so a little history. 
Okay, we'll throw that on the list as well. In the meantime, as promised, one-on-one Tyler Algier. He is positioned to potentially be the number one running back along with Lopini Katoa for BYU football. Is it going to be another committee approach? And why does he feel ready for the additional spotlight? Here's that interview. BYU running back Tyler Algier with us on BYU Sports Nation. Tyler, welcome to the Zoom edition of BYUSN. How's life a week and a half away from BYU at Navy, man? You know, I was excited. I'm excited, man. The Tulsa team's excited. We're getting our minds right just to be Navy, so it's good. It's going to be a unique experience running out into that stadium knowing that there are no fans involved, but what kind of emotions do you think you're going to experience as we approach this unique 2020 situation with no fans? And you know, honestly, like, like, yeah, we love our fans, but, you know, it's just we just got to get our minds right. That our team's our only fan now, so that's all we gotta. That's all we gotta worry about, especially in that type of environment. But I know there's gonna be millions of fans out there watching us, so it should be fun. You're trying to create energy in these practices, these live sessions at Lavelle Edwards Stadium when there are no fans. So how do you do that, and hopefully translate that to when you're playing an actual game? No, honestly, it's just it's just bringing the juice. Like once the O line brings the juice, and everyone else wants to bring the juice, or we'll start with the defense just bringing the juice, and then everyone else will get hyped. So you know, it's just like we just feed off everyone's energy, and then that's how we get it on. And you mentioned that a lot of eyeballs are going to be watching ESPN Monday Night Football, the A broadcast team of Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreit calling your BYU game. What does that make you feel when you think about the spotlight that BYU is stepping into? You know, it's going to be exciting, especially because everyone's watching. But, you know, we just got to get our minds right, kind of just isolate isolate all of that and just just get our minds right just to be Navy. So, I know there's a ton of emphasis on, hey, we got to stay healthy. We got to do everything we can to stay within our team bubble and be ready to play when that opportunity happens. So what are the testing protocols like right now for BYU football? You know, right now we're – we're doing uh, three tests a week. We already gone through two of them. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going three tests a week, and uh, it's a saliva-based, saliva-based. So we're all getting tested and going through that. So again, make sure everyone's healthy and just going through that. How has that been? Are you feeling encouraged by uh, the collective results and how that could impact the season? Oh no, for sure. Yeah. Just everyone, everyone's doing, everyone's doing what they, what they should be doing. Keeping our mask on when keeping social distancing, keeping our six feet apart. So everyone's doing well with that. So especially with eating, that's the main emphasis because everyone wants to sit next to each other, but we just got to social distance and uh, just focus on the team right now. Cause that's how, that's how we get it done. Tyler Algier with us on BYU Sports Nation. Tyler, obviously at the professional level, some significant things are happening. NBA playoff games are being boycotted. Major League Baseball games are being boycotted and things are being postponed. How have you handled all of that as you try and stay focused on college football and what's to come in essentially a week and a half? You know, there's just a lot of social injustices out there. But right now we're just, or especially me, I'm just trying to just focus on just focus on right now what I can do, what I can do, and just focus on what's happening right now at BYU. So just focusing on myself right now, trying to isolate all of that. Obviously, you're still going to think about it, but, you know, just got to isolate, get my mind right for football because we got a game next week. So it should be fun. How would you wrap up the mentality of the team right now, given everything that is happening with the pandemic and social injustice and trying to get ready to play this football season and starting school? What, what's the mentality of the team collectively like right now? Honestly, we're just we're just ready to play. 
I, who, who would have thought we would have been able to get as many games as we can, especially with the pandemic and all that. But, you know, we're, we're just excited to play. You know, school's starting up. So uh, we just got to just keep social distancing, do what we can to help our team. And then it should be fun right after that. Yeah, I can see the excitement exuding off of your face, your body language is ready to go out and play football. What do you think of the eight games that are officially scheduled right now with the most recent additions of Texas State and UT San Antonio? It should be fun games. It should be fun games. I'm excited. Just, just grateful enough that uh, Tom Homo and all the athletic staff can just get as many games as we can. You know, we're ready to play anyone, anyone, whoever gets on the schedule. So it should be good. Are you ready to slip any ideas into Tom Homo's office? Are, are you like, hey, I've noticed this team's available? Or are you at that point, or are you just kind of like leaving it to them? Honestly, they're 50 50. 50 50. But we'll, <laughs> we'll just leave it up to them because now we, we trust them that they'll do what they can just to give, give us whatever, whoever we can get. So. Many of your coaches and your teammates have been very complimentary of you this fall camp and your. Uh, excellent performance. Uh, why has this fall camp been such a boost for you and your game? Shoot, you know, just coming back from linebacker, from switching from linebacker and then switching back, you know, and then uh, receiving my receiving the scholarship after Hawaii. It was just uh, they wanted me at running back. They said, "Hey, we want you to stay at stay at running back." So you know, I really honed in on those on the techniques and just focused up on every, all the plays and just really just, uh, really just bought out. Really is just, just trying to be the best I can be. Just, uh, just, uh, just for, be- just for the better, better of the team, really. Special teams are not just, uh, just ball out, really. And Tyler, you mentioned bouncing around from positions and on opposite sides of the ball, no less. At what point did it start to click for you at running back? Was there a moment or a game or a situation where you're like, I can do this. I can be a good running back at BYU. Mm. Honestly, I'm not sure. Honestly, I would say that that week that I came back, that he switched me back to running back, uh, who do we play? UMass? Yeah, UMass. It was UMass. It was just uh, just getting back into that field, just being back in the running back room, like, hey, you're not with the defense anymore. Get your mind right to run the rock. So, you know, so right after that. That's what I knew. Uh, yeah, this, yeah. This, might, this might be where I'm at. Hard not to feel that when you're running away from four different defenders into the end zone, right? No, for sure. <laughs> where do you feel like you've improved the most as a running back and with Harvey Unga as uh, uh, your running back's coach? It was great to have Harvey, Harvey in there, especially with his insight and all that. But what I improved on, I would say, is my speed, just technique-wise, blocking, and just being an all-around bag. That's really what I'm really focusing on. Where do you stack up in the conversation of fastest BYU running back right now if you've been working on your speed? Mm. I'll say I'll, I'll say I'm up there. I'll say I'm up there, I guess, but <laughs> no, we'll see we'll see what happens. What happens when we, when we see it on the field. So I'll let you good guys answer. Leave, I'll let you guys leave it up to that. Yeah, don't surrender the number one spot yet. Let's prove it on yeah. the field, right? One. Yes, sir. What kind of role do you expect to play for this BYU offense this year, uh, along with uh, Lopini Katoa and maybe Jackson McChesney, among others? You know, we got a we got a very big, very big back. We got a lot of a lot of talent in the running back room. So you know, we all we're all trying to do the same. All try to be all around backs wherever 
wherever they need us, we'll do it. So, you know, we're just, we're just there for the team. How is your role both similar and different to, let's say, Lopini Katoa? Uh, you guys are, have been the most talked about running backs in camp. So how are you similar and different from each other? Hmm. Lopini's really good, uh, really good with his vision. So I'm really trying to catch up to that. I'm really trying to catch up to that. And, uh, you know, everyone's, everyone's been working. Everyone's been working on that. So, you know, we're all really – we're all really, we're all really similar in different, in different ways, but you know, I can't really, can't really think about that right now. If you are given the reins as, you know, the go-to running back, why do you feel like you're ready for that spotlight and that opportunity? So if, when the time comes, uh, I would say it's just been working, working all off season, working hard, you know, just uh, who would have thought we would have been playing Navy or who would have thought we would have been having a season, but, you know, just always just kept my mind right and just stayed humble, you know, just, uh, and just thankful to God that he's put me here in this position that I can just do what I can do. And just every day, just practice the best of my ability. So just doing that. What's the running backs room like? Personality-wise, uh, explain to us what it, what a typical meeting is like in that room. Nah, we got goofballs in there, man. Especially Javel Brown. Nah, all of us, all, all of us are goofballs. But when it's time to get serious, we'll we'll get serious. But it's fun. It's fun in the one running back room. A lot of good guys in there. Why do you feel like this BYU football offense will not just be able to move the ball, which you did collectively as a unit successfully last year, but really kind of struggled in the red zone. Why do you feel like things will be better and different in the red zone this year? You know, we've been really emphasizing it. Coach Grimes has been on us just like, you know, third, like our red zone wasn't really that good. It was decent, but, you know, we really need to emphasize it. So we really took that to heart. The whole offense did, quarter, starting from the O-line, quarterbacks, receivers, and then the running back room. We really just emphasize, hey, once we get in here, it's our zone. It's our zone, and we're going to score. And what has your offensive line done to help you feel better about running the ball successfully this season? You know, we got a lot of new schemes and all that, and all that, and they've been really honing in on all of it. So they've been really moving, really moving the, moving the defense, so either practice squad or number ones, but you know, it's uh it's fun for them to do that. And uh, just running behind them is just, it's just fun. Is there somebody that you particularly like to lock pads with on the defensive side? If so, who is that person? Mm. I would say, I'll say Isaiah Kafusi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. You he's, see he's all a tough cat. Up. And For Isaiah's sure. there, and you're like, yeah, bring it on, man. Okay, okay, I can, I can respect that because uh, you're right. He is a tough guy. Uh, Tyler, it's great to catch up with you, man. Um, we wish you continued success and health through the rest of fall camp. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Typically, uh, that turns into good things for you. So take that, use it, and uh, can't wait to see you on the field against Navy. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Really appreciate it. Tyler Algier on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Montana kids. So, BYU's had some success with those guys recently. Jamal Williams, notably. Devon Blackman. Tyler Algier. I might be missing one or two. Was Josh Quezada from uh, Fontana? I don't remember. Yeah. We like Josh. Regardless. Let's talk about Tyler's role within the running back. So, Tyler has become uh, sort of the perceived number two, perhaps. Lupini Cotillo, your number one, a guy that can – 
do all three things well in terms of rushing, blocking, and catching. Tyler Algier, a guy that uh, is taking on a bigger role last year, he switched to uh, you know linebackers, switched back to running back. Um, but now he's a running back, and BYU's loaded linebacker. And Tyler is a good player, man. He had like two thousand yard season in high school or something. He was he was good. We saw him at times just bruise uh, last year. I think he's going to be that third and short guy for BYU at times, uh, goal line guy. I like Jackson McChesney a lot. Um, we, Blaine Fowler has said he's Christian McCaffrey light, if you will. Uh, that's quite the thing to say, right? But Jackson was a guy at a lone peak, three-star that we expected to be kind of a speed guy. We saw what he could do against UMass. Now everyone says, ah, eh, it's UMass, whatever. Tell me, BYU always plays those games. Where are the 200-yard performances every year? It doesn't happen every year. That was a special performance. You don't go for 200 and stink. A 200-plus guy is oh, a good player. Impressive. Now, can Jackson do it against the best teams? He's a sophomore. He might even be a redshirt freshman, actually. Let's go. Well, everyone's just whatever. Yeah, well, I don't know what, what is eligibility yeah. is after this year for everyone. Sione Finau is getting back from an ACL. We have not talked about him hardly at all. I'm wondering how much he plays this year, given fewer games, COVID, the whole deal. Sione Finau is getting back from that ACL. How many different running backs did BYU play last year? Six? They had a lot. Six? Yeah, seven listed. Uh, Hinkley Ropati was a JC guy that they didn't expect to bring in until 21. They brought him in early, I think because Devontae Henry Cole transferred to Utah State. They're not playing. That's unfortunate, right? And then Chase Wester is uh, the seventh guy. So I, I like the group. Is there like a first-team all-conference kind of guy if BYU was in the Mountain West? I don't, I don't think so. But I, I think that these are good running backs that can do what BYU needs to get done here. I don't think BYU is a 1,000-yard back in this group if they have a 12-game season or 13. But I think that Lopini Coteau will be the leading rusher, and he could be a 700-yard guy. Okay. How many yards do you want as a group? For me, that number is like right around 14 or 1,500. Like if BYU could rush for 1,500 yards behind that offensive line, regardless of who's picking up the majority of those yards, I think they'll I, be successful. I th- yeah, I think you're a little low on that. BYU rushed for 2,000 last okay, year. Okay, well, and, and yeah. t- typically it's going to be higher. Well, they played 12 games last year too. 13, oh. yeah, 13. <laughs> so, so 13 games. So we we got eight right now. Yeah, no, that number needs to be you know 2,100. 2, I guess the, it's more of an average per game now, right? Because if they only played yes. 10 games, yes. There won't be any totals that we really look at. It'll be per game. Okay, coming up, who will be the top wide receiver this season? Plus, the finale of our best to wear it. Who's the guy or gal that was the best to wear number 99 at BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. Coordinators Corner is back beginning August 31st. That's Monday. Join Gregor Bells. He talks with all three coordinators on Monday. Jeff Grimes, Lice Tuihagi, Ed Lamb, one Eastern on the BYU TV app. It's happening. It's happening. When we're promoting things like that, it's the next business day. It's happening. Let's go. He's Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Time now for the Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Joey Football plays Navy in 10 days. Can you believe it? It's Monday Night Football on ESPN. Will this be the most viewed BYU football game ever? Oh, man. Ever? Maybe. Certainly in Independence. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there are no fans. I mean, if you want to watch the game, you have to watch on TV. So you're plus, what, 40 or 50? 
whatever Navy Stadium holds, 30-something. So there's I, that. But then given everything that's going on, the thirst for football, the Monday night spotlight, the A broadcast team for ESPN, this is going to be easily BYU's most viewed game in Independence ever? I, I don't know. I, I wonder about the Cotton Bowl in 97. I wonder about Texas A&M 96. Uh, Florida State 1991 in the Pigskin Classic. Perhaps, yep. Um, Miami? I, I'm thinking it could be. I, as soon as this game was announced, I was like, this could be the most viewed BYU game ever. You know what's wild about that? Week two could surpass that, Jerem. Well, week on, three for us. Sorry, game week two. Three. On CBS. Maybe. <laughs> in the afternoon. Well, that will go up against other games on a Saturday. I think the Monday night unique part, I think you'll have NFL fans. I think you'll have Power 5 fans as well. And our Saturday indicates what the record is right now in Independence for most viewers. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. It was the Fight Hunger Bowl in 2013 against Washington. 3.75 mil. That's a lot. That's going to get crushed in the Navy number. Yeah, it, It'll be 5 million plus, I think, in on Monday night. 5 million it's amazing, right? viewers for and, and, BYU And Navy. we're used to that on this program. That's like every day. Like, whatever. Have but we reached 5 million in 1,800 combined, combined episodes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 5 million! Yeah. yeah. That's going to be 5 million plus. Outstanding. Will it be like 7 in a pandemic? Woo. You know what I mean? BYU men's and women's basketball have started to use Fusionetics, a system that uses a smartphone to map your body's movement and then analyzes potential correlations Mm -hmm. between particular movements and particular injuries. Jerem, should we invest in this technology for BYU Sports Nation? No, we'll see how much we don't move. We just sit here. (laughs) You are lazy. (laughs) You yes. said too much. You sound, like, uh, sound like my wife. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Taysom Hill was left off of Pro Football Focus's ranking of all 32 NFL backup quarterbacks this season. Was Hill snubbed from the list? Yes, Jerem. Can remove the blue goggles. No, because he's not really in that specific backup quarterback category. He, he does so many other things. Not a backup quarterback. That I'm okay with him being left off this list. He doesn't specialize in only quarterbacking, even though he wants to. He doesn't. He's a valuable option in so many other ways, so I'm, I'm actually okay with him being left off this list. Yeah, he's the third string. Like, he's not the backup. They're not ready for that. They want to use him in other ways. At some point, his role will change. Okay, both Lapina Katoa and Troy Warner spoke of BYU football's COVID-19 testing protocols yesterday's media availability. What do you think of BYU's thrice-weekly testing? I love this. It's aggressive. It is thorough, and I'm happy that the players don't have to have the swabs stuck up to scratch their frontal lobes of the brain. You and I have done this. It is um, no bueno. And it was gnarly. <laughs> We it's did just it. strange. It's uncomfortable. We did it back in May, and yeah, it was, it was crazy. There are worse things. Yeah. It's, just, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. So I, I'm glad they I, have the saliva. When I first heard three times, I'm like, oh, man, they are all in. Because I'm thinking about them having to sit and wait for that three times a week. Saliva test is a game changer. I'm thinking about Liberty and how they were like, yeah, we're not testing anyone. We're just testing Temperatures. They have symptoms. Yeah, like, are wait, are you serious? I, I don't think you're on board with everyone else uh, as to how this is going. BYU is doing it right. And once again, uh, they have done such a fantastic job athletic department wide uh, with their medical uh, experts there. They've just done such a great job. So uh, all signs point to a good opening kickoff against Navy on nice. September 7th. Let's go. That takes us to the best to wear it. I can't believe this thing is done. We've it's counted, on. We have one more. We've counted all the way up to 99. Let's slow down at the finish line. <laughs> Sprint through the finish. Let's go. We've determined 
every number the best to wear it, the athletes at BYU. And today, yes, Jerem, it is number 99. Jason Buck, 1986 Allen Trophy winner. Jason Buck was awesome. Grew up very, very poor. Turned into an amazing player. Super Bowl champ eventually. Seventh most sacks at BYU. Uh, he was a uh, junior college transfer. Played from 85 to 86. First team all whack in 85. AP third team in 85. 86. Outland Trophy winner. First round draft pick Woo! to your Bengals. I know. Played seven seasons with the Bengals and the Washington football team. Uh, won a Super Bowl ring with the Washington football team. In 1992, Jason Buck is a clear-cut winner for the best wear number 99. One of my favorite things about the show on the visual side is seeing what our production staff puts together for these graphics involving... The athletes. Yes. Right now on the screen, bang for your buck. I love it. Well done. Honorable mention, Brandon Flint. Uh, most sacks in BYU history, 35. 35. 35 sacks. How many sacks did BYU have as a team last year? Not 35. Probably like 13. It wasn't close to I'll that. I'll look it up. It was it half of that? Coming up, Rise shout out to a legendary basketball coach. And who's the go-to wide receiver based on some commentary from wide receivers coach Fessy Satake? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYU Sports Nation, assuming there's good enough content, airs Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio. It's on the podcast feed. features the best conversations and interviews each week. Luckily, that's still going. That means we have best of from the five hours a week. A tweet that was brought to our attention from that BYU bro Chacho. We were Speaking about BYU's ties to Fontana, California, specifically, BYU Bro Chacha says, can't forget our boy Sione Taki Taki. I know I was missing someone. Thank you. appreciate it. Yeah. Fontana, California. Fontana, man. And yesterday on the Instagram, Jerem, it was profiled that Sione Taki Taki had a pick six against one Baker Mayfield. Is that even hard against Cleveland Browns camp. Is that even hard? Tip no, pass, that's awesome. took it, scored a touchdown at practice. That's fantastic. I expect Sione had to have a good sophomore season in the NFL. He it's he didn't really get the opportunity to shine last year, so I'm I'm excited to see him have some more playing time. And it seems like that, it seems like that. I can't. You know what we need to do? We need to talk to all these NFL team experts because NFL football is going to happen too, right? Yes. We've been so focused on just getting to the BYU game. I mean, we are BYU Sports Nation, but the NFL is going to happen too. It's very exciting. It is. A couple weeks away. Here we go. Uh, we welcome you back to Studio B. Um, as promised, a wide receiver discussion now based on something that wide receivers coach Fessy Satake said yesterday after practice. Listen to this. You look at the past BYU offenses, you know, that have been really successful. They've, they've had that, whether it's the Collies, the Hoffmans. You know, I, I just think, I think we have personnel in our group to do so many different things. But I think, I think uh, if a guy were to you know, kind of break out and, and be that impact guy, um, I, I think that's a, a great problem to have, to find out who that's going to be. But I think it's healthy for an offense to, to have a guy like that. Jerem, does BYU need a go-to guy, a la Austin Colley, some others that Fessy Sataki mentioned, at receiver this year? No. I, I think it's going to be more of a committee approach. I would prefer to have the go-to guy, though. The thousand yard type. I, I think that there is a lot of value in having that. But I think that BYU has three really solid, experienced core guys that are going to make plays Gunnar Romney, Dax Mill, Neil Powell. I don't know in what order, but I do think if one was to break out and be the best one this year, I think it's going to be Gunnar Romney. I do think that the best receiver. 
not by position, but by catches on the team, Matt Bushman. Yes. It's pretty obvious, right? So these guys will accompany him. Isaac Rex, I think, is going to be a top five pass catcher on this team as well. I think he's going to get more run than you'd think. Maybe he's like the seventh or something. But those three are pretty secure in that. I also look at Chris Jackson, Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, Miles Davis, and Terrence Fall as the next four. So there's kind of your top seven who's got some good young talent. What Keanu Hill, guy that redshirted last year, uh, Cody Epps, first team All American, USA Today, uh, Chris Jackson, speedster, blowing the top off the defense, and then Miles Davis. Great name. He's had a nice camp as well. So I'm excited about this group of receivers. You have your core three that are experienced, and then you have these other four that will inject some life into this with a couple of good tight ends in Bushman and Rex. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Keanu Hill specifically because we've been hearing about him, feels like, for a while now. Let's see what he can do on the field with a greater opportunity. And then Chris Jackson is the guy that has the Juco experience. Yes, and he is a burner. He is a fast guy. He's got some swag. I, I love it. He's got a great story. Uh, overcome some off-the-field uh, you know, uh, hard, hard times, and great to have him at BYU, man. We're looking forward to seeing him. Blaine Fowler told us that Chris Jackson has been maybe the MVP of uh, the offense for BYU. In of the entire of, offense? In terms of pleasant surprise. Oh, okay, surprise, yeah. Yeah, like he just has really MVP and pleasant surprise are different to me, but yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, BYU needs more guys because that was a question going into this year was, okay, you lost Micah Simon. You lost Talon Shumway. You lost Leva Hifo. Those were the top three receivers uh, by that position. Now what? So BYU feels like, and we feel like, hey, Romney, Milne, Pau, nice core. People have forgotten about Neil Pau, as we talked about yesterday. But Chris Jackson, Juco. Juco guys don't come in and wait to contribute. They are here on a business trip, on a mission, right, to do something immediately. Guys out of high school, there's more of a slow burn, right? Keanu Hill redshirted. Then last year he played in four games or less. So we, uh, so he had uh, no he no that was last year sorry he's a sophomore now but it's been a second for Keanu Hill to get to this point but now it's time for him to be a fifteen plus catch guy this season perhaps more. Who is the guy that is most likely to emerge as the go to guy? We probably settle on Gunnar Romney. Gunnar right? Romney. Gunnar Romney came out of high school. It felt like he was the second coming of Austin Collie. That's what it felt like, right? Arizona State was in the mix. Some other big schools. Gunnar Romney's time is now. He has emerged, uh, not only in practice, but uh, you know, I think on the field, he's going to occupy the spot, the amount of targets that the Simon, Shumway, Hefo trio was occupying. We have a new trio here. We'll see if one of the other four break into that. All right, committee approach, but it might just be Gunner's year to really emerge. Okay, coming up, who gets the elite voice of the day? And a rise and shout-out to a legendary NCAA basketball coach. We made a visit to uh, the Marriott Center in the late 90s, and it was an unforgettable game. This is Beer Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues with your daily reminder, yes, even on a Friday. The show is available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio applications. And you can download the podcast by Googling BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, if you could only add one more team to the BYU football schedule based on who's available and who lines up with the corresponding weeks we didn't for say BYU, that. Just whatever. who would it be and why? At Chandbam Answers on Instagram. Realistically, Cincinnati, because BYU needs to face a good AAC team to give us a shot at a New Year's Six bowl game. Blue goggle alert. That's the thing. Will BYU, if they are somehow incredibly, unbelievably, amazingly in position to do this? Undefeated. 
undefeated. <laughs> Will they have the schedule that would get them into that? I would think not, unless to uh, Ch- Chad Chand Bam's Chand, point. Chan A Bam, Chand Bam, no, Chand Bam's point. BYU probably needs another game or two on there to justify that idea. I don't think BYU's going to be in that position. That'd be fun. Don't get me wrong. That'd be amazing. Uh, but no, I, I don't really see it. If they can add that, great. But what I kind of want is, is equal to or lesser opponents than what BYU has now so that if BYU does well, it continues to further the point that, oh, gosh, Power fives are a big issue, but like you've highlighted, group fives have been a big issue. So we're there's this is a great litmus test year. I'm Temple, excited to see Louisiana Tech, Marshall, UAB. Like one of these teams is going to win a game that you didn't expect. It just happens. I hope not, but it's that's what's happened the last few years. Just get to twelve if you possibly can. That'd be nice. Get to twelve games. Nice. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Tyler Stinson answers on Twitter. Wait, you're forgetting his Twitter handle. At Jerem Jordan, too. Yeah, that's, I don't know Tyler at all other than this, but there we go. At Jerem Jordan, too, says, I would add Virginia. They present a good challenge, add to the strength of schedule, have Power 5 notoriety, and would provide some great storylines because of Bronco and his staff. They, uh, Bronco Mendenhall said he didn't think they were going to replace VMI. They'll just have their 10 ACC games, so not likely. By the way, BYU replacing Georgia-Virginia on Monday Night Football. So that would have been Bronco. In a huge game. The BYU takes that spot. BYU takes that spot. They're like, we need some LDS, Church of Christ of Latter-day Saint head coach in here. Wait, we have two. That's great. Okay, uh, today's Rise to Shout. Shout out goes to Lute Olson, longtime Arizona basketball coach who passed away. He was head coach uh, from 1983 to 2008. Incredible coach. Everyone knew Lute um, as one of the greats in the game. 589 wins, 24 NCAA tournaments, 11 regular season titles, four Final Fours, the 1997 NCAA championship. And in fact, we're showing footage from the 1998 game in November of a year and a half after they won the title, where BYU played Arizona, ranked 11th in the Marriott Center, packed crowd. BYU came back to force overtime and mm. lost by four to eventually top 15 Arizona that year. It was awesome to have loot in the Marriott Center, and uh, we're thinking about our, the Arizona Wildcat fans. Sure. That Lute Olsen to Arizona basketball is what Lavelle Edwards was to BYU football. Absolutely. Le- legendary coach, and uh, uh, rest in peace, Lute. Our thanks to today's guest, Tyler Algier. Okay, sorry to Dennis Pitt, no time. For Jeremiah Spencer, we shout out to Adam Haysbert. We'll see you on Monday for BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!